It's Will and Denise and Denise and Will, whichever way you prefer. Welcome to After the Week here on no, December 4th, uh, sponsored by Smack Talk Showdown. I can't believe it, Will. It's the last month of the year. I was still going to promote November right now. And I'm like, wait, wrong month. It's December. It's How are December. you, man? I'm great. Are, are you ready for it's holiday season. Are, are you prepared for all of the people in your life? You've got siblings. You've got uh, I, I mean, look, you are I tend to forget. But the, the biggest change for you this year is you're married this year. So like it's just it's a different time. You know, I got to say this, though. I am ready for the holidays, but I'm a little bit nervous. So I'm about to reveal something here. Nothing too major, but I'm going to reveal it. So, Will, you know how you came on here the last couple of shows and you were talking about your dramatic change in your weight and how, you know, you were just looking like a lot thinner and stuff. Okay, uh -huh. well, what was it? Back on November 4th, so literally a month ago, I decided to start going on a diet. I've been working out. And part of it was because you inspired that. Okay, and while I haven't had a drastic change, I am down a couple of pounds, woo. So I am, ex not nothing too major, don't get too excited. Just like three pounds, that's not too much. In like a month too, okay? But whatever. Still, it's, it's, it's exciting. Especially considering we just had the most um, feastful holiday of right. them all past. So like, well, look, I gained nervous, five pounds Will. just from that, so. That's why I'm nervous, because tamales, tamales we make tamales for christmas and i uh -huh. love tamales like are you kidding me i love them and so that's why i'm nervous because i'm gonna want to eat a bunch of them mm -hmm. oh yeah this is my whole purpose here was uh the reason i started my weight loss journey when i did was because i knew that i had to lose like 30 pounds because i know that over the holidays i'm gonna gain like 10. and so i figure in that process i can still be net down but uh look i we, we I, I had over thanksgiving i had my wife specifically make me my own pie um because i knew that uh i wasn't gonna get enough and so i i had one that was strictly for me kids were like can i have a piece i'm like no this is mine you absolutely cannot this one's for me uh so i i knew but no i'm proud of you like seriously you had told me this uh, a month ago i'm acting like i haven't never heard this news before but <laughs> Well, but. it's because, well, it's because I started feeling like, you know, Will, you've kind of spoken about this, you know, privately to me, but there comes a time when you start to see like images of yourself and you're like, oh my God, like I've definitely put on a couple of pounds and you start to kind of feel a little bit shitty about yourself. And I started to feel really shitty about myself. And then what happened was it got worse. I started getting DMs from people telling me that I need to exercise and lose weight. And yeah, I know. And like, there was just a couple there like that were just a little bit, I started thinking, oh my God, like, well, this hurts to hear. Maybe this, you know, troll has a point. <laughs> no, <laughs> never give the trolls that power. Never be like, no, oh. but it was true. Like I started thinking to myself, oh my God, like, you know, I'm obviously an on-camera personality. I need to, you know, obviously if I'm not comfortable with the way that I look, I got to do something about it, right? So I am down now. So I'm putting this out there. I don't know why I'm putting this out there. I'm down to and. 23 pounds now let me tell you that may not seem like a lot to a lot of people but my average is literally like 110 112 that's where i was at before i kind of like blew up in the wrestling space and i feel this is crazy will but i gained a lot of weight because all i was doing was working i was sitting on this computer 
working and eating and not doing anything else. And so I saw that shift in myself. So now I'm still trying to get under 120 and just kind of keep going from there. So I am feeling a lot more confident. Someone on my other podcast the other day told me I was looking different and I was like, it's starting to show, (laughs) (laughs) but it's only been like a couple of pounds. So I'm still working. It's hard because every single day I've been like motivating myself to get up and exercise. And uh, yeah, so it's a whole thing, but hopefully, Hopefully somebody else may be inspired because I was inspired by your journey. You already inspired a bunch of other people. And now I'm starting my own journey. Well, I'm proud of you, seriously. Um, and this like any pro- the worst. Ricky Zaldivar says no more pizza, Denise. I haven't had pizza in like since we went to uh, full gear. Uh, full gear. Yes. Yeah, that pizza I had at full gear, by the way, was the first pizza I had had in like two months. And I will tell you, it was heavenly. It was like my God, bread and cheese and all these things I haven't been eating. And look, it wasn't even great pizza. But, it wasn't. Uh, and you lost a pound from that trip. I was so <laughs> Will texted me and he was like, Denise, I'm down a pound. And I was like, this mother, because <laughs> I was up like a pound and a half. <laughs> And this is true. This is from Jennifer Kathleen, who says, I don't know how tall Denise is, but I'm guessing she's short like me. A few pounds shows a lot differently on different frames. This is entirely true. I'm exactly five feet tall. Oh, yeah. So Denise I is, can is... only hit a certain period. And then I start looking, you know, not like myself anymore. Yeah. De- Denise is like suitcase yeah, size. I'm short. She, yeah, it's, thanks, it's, thanks. Yeah, very Put that short. out there, Will. <laughs> I mean, you can't tell. Like in the intro, Yo, we're, yes, when we're back. In the, I mean, the thing is, we're back to back in the intro. I'm six foot, by the way. So the difference between us is is quite apparent in the intro to this show. Speaking of which, I have to say thank you the other day. Uh, I, I've been meaning to say this for a minute, but um, I did watch. Uh, oddly enough, I do watch Denise Salcedo content. Um, I did watch your full gear predictions that you had done um uh with luke with luke with luke yeah and so the thank you for giving me props on the the intro to this uh to your channel yeah, you're, you're now famous you like oh yeah it was my idea knowing full well it was yours <laughs> yeah no it was just something I, I i was in the process of making intros for some of the other channels i do work on and uh i was like i need to like come up with an experiment and see if this will work and i've thought well I'm like on Denise's channel on a weekly basis anyway. And that's the content I know kind of the best. So I'm just going to put one together as a sample. And then once I did, they were like, okay, I really like this. Can you make ours? And then I got myself paid for it. So uh... (laughs) I was going to clap and then I just punched the microphone. Sorry to the audio listeners. Yeah, you have no idea what happened there. But anyway, thank you for that. Uh, But yeah, this is after the week. We're here. Send us your super chats, folks. Uh, cause we need those and, uh, more than anything, we just want to hear from you guys and it helps support what we do here. It helps Denise pay me. Um, but more than anything else, it's just a, a good way to support the channel. Um, the channel, by the way, Denise, you're just hitting milestones here. I know. I know. I don't know how, but I'm like praying that it keeps going. Uh, I surpassed 80,000 subscribers here on YouTube. And that's obviously a huge part to everybody who tunes into this stream. So seriously, thank you guys. But let's go ahead and get into the wrestling week. Um, Before we do, like Will said, please do send in the super chat to get your question, your comment, your hot take read on the stream. And it also helps me uh, keep Will coming each and every single week to this show. Because if not, it would just be me here by myself chatting with everybody. Um, So let's 
let's get into this. Uh, Not that she doesn't make a living at that anyway, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, right? But Will, I feel like uh, the last couple of weeks, we kind of got a little spoiled on the show because we obviously had a couple of pay-per-views to talk about. And this week is kind of the first one since we haven't had a pay-per-view to talk about. So I'm going to kind of ask you your overall thoughts on how you felt about this week in wrestling. Did it make an impact uh, in your life? Um, I, I'd say so. And the reason I think it did was because, uh, one, it was a newsworthy week. Look, I got to break some stories. I had to break the Ruby Soho stuff. Um, and obviously there's the Regal stuff going on and everything that happened raw on SmackDown was still the fallout from war games. And so I do feel like it was a fairly eventful week. We saw some comebacks. We, there was a lot of stuff that happened this week. And I think just with it being newsworthy, um, I think it did make an impact on me, but I'm guessing you're asking that because you kind of feel the opposite. No, I actually no. don't feel the opposite. You know, when I was going back and uh, picking my three for this week, there was at least two, maybe three things that I would have definitely included on this list that unfortunately I just didn't have spots for and I had to make cuts, you know? Um, but there was a couple of items that I really enjoyed from the wrestling week overall. Like I went back and um, I thought t- this week's episode of SmackDown was really good. And I hadn't watched SmackDown the last two weeks because unfortunately just like I was doing other stuff, but I thought that was really good. There were a lot of things that, not a lot of things but there were a couple of strong things that i really enjoyed on raw uh nxt i thought was pretty okay too uh aw same thing a dynamite i thought was pretty good and uh for the most part i felt like there was a little bit of everything (laughs) will stop (laughs) it i know why you're making that face no spoilers (laughs) on this show (laughs) so there was a lot of good things throughout the wrestling week uh even though it wasn't a pay-per-view week uh i still thought there was a lot to actually talk about but we got our first super chat of the day uh thank you so much to reggie simmons uh you guys Sorry, the chat threw me off here. Okay, Reggie Simmons, who has been very supportive here on the show and a bunch of other podcasts. Seriously, thank you so much to Reggie, who sends in the first Super Chat, saying, here's to another great week in wrestling. You guys are awesome. Dude, you're awesome. Thank you so much for supporting the show. You have no idea how far this goes. Uh, Guys, give some love to Reggie in the chat. We also got a second Super Chat here. This is from Gillespie, Gillespie for Rio, who says, appreciate you both more than you know. Uh, This makes me happy because, Will, you and I are a new dude duo you know and uh people have been responding very well to our shows i think from the very beginning when we first even started appearing together on shows on fightful and remember how well loved that that raw episode was that we did i was like yes yeah although i will say it's a couple days late like two days late but technically happy anniversary to us hosting a first podcast together because uh, the Mariah Carey episode we did was December 1st, 2021. So it, it's been about a year of us doing shows. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> whoop, whoop. A whole year. Well, technically not for this show, but still, we've been doing podcasts for a bit now. But now we're doing them more consistently, obviously. <clears throat> yes. uh, so thank you so much for the super chat as well. All right. So let's kick it off. Let's jump right in. Uh, Will, I'm throwing you in head first. Uh, here, is it that? Is that the saying? Head first, feet first? Okay. Uh, head first, yes. deep. Whatever. You're going in first. Uh, Will, what's your third best of the week for this week? Okay. So, folks, I have a feeling Denise and I are going to have very different lists this week just based on some of the stuff we've we've liked. Um, I will say that uh, last week I stated that in order for the Elite versus Death Triangle to continue to top my lists, it would need – 
to uh, continue to reinvent itself as a match. And surprise, surprise, I think they're still continuing to, but not enough to make number one. I did like Elite versus Death Triangle this time around. I did like Elite versus Death Triangle 3. I thought that, um, you know, there's this big idea that there's no storytelling happening here. And the only way you could believe that's true is if you're not watching the matches themselves because the match because the storytelling is happening during and throughout the matches it's not necessarily done through promos or anything along those lines there's this overarching story of uh ray phoenix does not want to cheat to win ray phoenix wants to um, win this cleanly but in a moment of desperation when he saw himself on the receiving end of a one-winged angel he did a thing that he's not proud of and everybody else sees this now as a license to cheat and so uh the rest of the team is running with that here uh this match got jump started on the ramp um and they really kind of worked it in reverse where none of it started in the ring and uh that gave us uh, this was right off the bat, just a very, very different match than before. Um, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I particularly enjoyed the finish. I thought that what they did out there with uh, Matt Jackson um, hitting the knees on uh, Pac as he's going for the Black Arrow and getting him straight in the face, which was the story going uh, coming out of the first match where Pac had a broken nose, and so therefore it's been a target this entire time, and that allowed Matt Jackson to get the victory. I thought it was very inventive. I thought it was very fun. Um, I thought the Indianapolis crowd was there for it, and therefore uh, this got my number three. Again, wasn't unique enough in a week where there was so much other great stuff to get my number one, but I did enjoy this quite a bit. So I got to tell you, Will, I decided not to put this one on my top three this week. The only reason I did it was because, uh, you know, I agree with you with what you said. I think that there was, oh, my God, so much great stuff in this match period. And I do love how they keep finding, you know, new ways to kind of just spice things up. And obviously, I knew that was going to happen. You think that they would have announced this best of seven series for us to see the exact same match over and over? No, they're each and every single week. They're finding ways to continuing furthering the story like you mentioned with the hammer and everything that they're doing with that and so the only reason I didn't put it on my top three this week was because I wanted to talk about um some other topics because I figured okay I have been talking about the elite and the death triangle the last two weeks in a row but if I were to have put this this definitely belongs on my best of the week because the the in-ring action was just too good to ignore but that's the only reason why I didn't put it in my top three this week was just so that I can talk about some other items uh that we haven't brought up on this or at least because we didn't have an opportunity to bring them up uh the past couple of weeks but regardless I still think there is some uh really good stuff in this and I'm so happy that they have found ways to really keep it fresh and really keep it um even more so entertaining and I'm I'm definitely thinking we're gonna get that best that seventh and final match and i'm really hoping because that's going to be in la so i really hope that that's where we end up but we'll see one little element that i'm really liking that's not happening in the match itself and so therefore it's not really one of those things that's making my lists but it's something i'm paying attention to and that is all of the stuff with house of black and how they keep hinting that they're getting inching ever so close or ever so much closer to the elite and that with all of the attacks they're doing, I have a feeling at the forum in Los Angeles, 
that's when they're finally going to end up there. And the fact that uh, as an AEW exclusive, they jumped Brandon Cutler and they noted to that was to send a message to who this is all for. So I'm really looking forward to the fact that as soon as this is done, we already know where we're headed next. And that's the elite and house of black which is and they gotta keep that build up for house of black where they're kind of coming out here and just attacking every single person that they see you know on site and whatnot so i like that they're doing that with the house of black and that's the thing like you need to make sure to keep them you know up there because that's that's part of the reason why i love that death triangle actually defeated and this was obviously before we knew they were going to do the best of seven uh series but when they defeated uh, uh the elite on their return at all out i like that because i kind of felt like it leveled up uh the death triangle because you know if you want to keep the elite uh obviously strong what do you got to do will you got to have uh them in a ring with opponents that feel that they are at or near their level you don't want to have them be wrestling like a bunch of jobbers every single week that's not going to get you anywhere you need to build up acts that are just as hot or uh you know could be as hot as the elite and the only way to do so is like what they did here um at all out so i was a big fan of that and obviously with the best of seven series i think they're just continuing to excuse me full gear did i keep saying all out uh-huh. Wow, my bad. Uh, my brain's <laughs> all over the place. Okay. Um, so with full gear, you know, seeing them get the win there, it's one of those things that it's just, I feel like they're leveling up the death triangle all the time. Oh, Why yeah. Why am I saying sure. all out though? Did I just <laughs> I was at full gear. We did a whole ass review about it. <laughs> we did a whole whole ass review. You know what review. it is? Because I every single time, how many times haven't we discussed the elite? versus CM Punk and the beef that happened at All Out. So I feel like my brain is stuck on associating the elite with All Out. There you go. That's what it was. But anyways, we got a super chat here from Jennifer Kathleen who says, I hope we see the Death Triangle split after this and get a Phoenix and Penta match. They're great together, but pop off versus each other. See, here's the thing. I completely agree with the sense that you know that you're going to have all of these great matches between the guys in the Death Triangle, for example, of Phoenix and Penta, or, uh, you know, including Pac as well. But I do not want to see the Death Triangle break up. So I'm on the side of I don't want to see them break up. How about you, Will? Although they've been Uh, teasing it because they've been beefing with the whole hammer thing and all of this. uh, I mean... Look, but I, we thought, or at least I remember thinking, I was at the show where Death Triangle first made their declaration and uh, the the announcement that they are Death Triangle. That I was at that show. That was March fourth, twenty twenty. We're going on three years since that. Like it, it's not like they had a short run. So if they do decide to do something with this group internally, I'm actually kind of good with it. Uh, it almost makes me wish Pac was still. Um, all Atlantic champion, because at least then there'd be something to, to kind of face each other over. But also, I do like Orange Cassidy's reign. So, really, here's a hot take. I think even though Pax was, you know, sh- was it shorter now, or is, did Orange Cassidy surpass him now? In I don't terms think of he length? surpassed it because he won it at Forbidden Door in June okay. and he lost it in October. So, no, I think I think Pax has been way better. Throwing that out there. Yes. Okay. Yes. I disagree, but that's that's another topic. That's a hot topic right yeah. there. <laughs> okay, uh, continue on. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's all good. That that's that's where I'm at. And uh, oh boy, now the super chats are all kind of yep, pouring in. Let's see what people are saying. Thank you so much to Jennifer for sending this one in here. And let's continue on. This is one uh, from Jamin John who says, uh, "Don't understand why AEW refuses to turn MJF babyface." Uh, Thoughts on this? Obviously, we'll, you know, just, yeah. Uh, I think part of the reason 
if you look at the top heel landscape in AEW, as far as main event level heels, it's not that strong. And uh, they they have a good number of heels and there's people they can elevate. But as far as people who can carry the brand as a top heel, it's really just MJF and like Chris Jericho. And we've seen Chris Jericho at this for a long time. Um, I don't think it's a refusal to turn him. I think it's more so there's still a lot more mileage to get out of him as a heel. I think that he still works best as a foil to a lot of the top baby faces in the company. And there's a lot of programs with the top baby faces that we want to see. Just thinking about the fact that he's got Ricky Starks coming up here. Um, it looks like he's probably going to be feeding with Brian Danielson. Um, Eddie Kingston is another one that he hasn't faced yet. There's a lot more mileage to get out of him as a heel. And I think ultimately that's what he does best. Um, whether or not people like him, I think, you know, there have been heels over the years who've been cheered. Um, hell, Roman Reigns gets cheered these days. Uh, I think him getting cheered is a lot different than positioning him as a babyface. And I don't. I think he can continue to embrace the cheers without necessarily uh, needing to be positioned against other heels. I don't think he's ready for that. That's exactly what I was going to say, too, in terms of, first of all, I still feel like you said there's a lot of mileage with MJF as a heel. And the reason for that is like, He's so good in that role that he doesn't, I don't feel he needs to be a babyface right now. And whenever that does happen down the line, I feel like it's going to be this like huge, big shift. So you obviously want to make it like implode, right? It has to be like an imploding moment. But the thing that I want to get at here, though, is the same thing you just said right now. People are still going to cheer for MJF. I mean, what? At Full Gear, remember everybody was saying uh, F John Moxley? And he was supposed to be the babyface in that. But you had people so passionate about wanting to see MJF get the win there that they were like, F John Moxley. John Moxley didn't do anything to the people, but yet people were like, F him. And it was one of the things where I remember you were sitting there going, What? What do you mean, F John Moxley? What are you guys doing? But it was because the people were so passionate about MJF, even though MJF is the heel. So I feel like that's not going to change. People are still going to want to cheer for MJF because people like to cheer for the bad guy. Yeah, and it's not to say every crowd's going to. I don't feel like Indianapolis this week was really on MJF's side uh, much at all. And, uh, you know, obviously he'll have those Northeast crowds, you know, when he hits the New Yorks and whatnot. But I think when they hit cities like Dayton, Ohio, I bet you they're not very much on MJF's side. I think it's all just going to depend on where they, they go. Exactly. And we got a super chat here from Grapple Geekery. Thank you so much to Grapple Geekery, who has also been supporting these shows a whole lot. Uh, Grapple Geekery says, I've said this before, but since wrestling YouTube is mainly white geek guys in their 20s to 40s, I really appreciate hearing your perspectives, especially since I'm a 46-year-old white geek guy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I love this. Um, uh, thoughts on this, Will? Uh, I mean, look, uh, I've been in this space now Uh over 17 years, I hit my 18th year uh, coming up here in June. So what I will say is, yeah, that's very true that the, I, I've spent a lot of years navigating um, a, a space of white males. And uh, I think you still are kind of navigating just a tad bit. Because I mean, some, you, people, some people are still a little bit like, you know, mean because they're mean to me, too, and mean to you and you know, oh, yeah, it happens, for right? sure. Um, yeah, and, and what I mean so is more so um, amongst my peers, and so, oh, I see. Um, and I mean, obviously, as far as the audience is concerned, that's just it, it is what it's going to be. But yeah, um, that that is part of what I set out to do, especially in the last year and a half, which was uh, 
give a platform for not just people like me to speak, but for people like me to to relate to, to find um, common ground. And I've been told that a lot. You know, people have stopped me at various shows to just uh, say kind words along those lines of that, you know, they didn't know that there were other people like them in this space and they've kind of felt a little bit drowned out and that I've kind of helped give a lot of them a voice. And I've hoped if I've been able to do that for you, that's great. And if like Grapple Geekery, I've been able to kind of offer us perspective that you didn't know existed, then um, I'm grateful I've been able to do that too. Whatever I can. At the end of the day, I'm just here to share my experience and love of wrestling with you guys there's all kinds and types of fans and i mean like it is nuts i mean you kind of tackled you know your side of things but on the female side of things like i remember not wanting or not not wanting but not considering a career in this because i thought who the hell's gonna care like there's no girls out there doing this like who's gonna listen to me you know and i've said this a million times and you know, uh, it, it's been it's been hard to navigate those waters because I feel like on top of being a female, I also have the Latina card. So it's like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm just trying to get through all of these obstacles. But uh, I feel for the most part, uh, people like Grapple Geekery are definitely, uh, I guess you can say connecting because I feel like who the hell cares what you are, what your background is. If you're not a shitty person, people are going to, you know, and if you're not a shitty person and the person listening is not a shitty person, you will come together. <laughs> uh, thank, thank you, Grapple Geekery. Um, all right, we got another super chat here. This is from Mike Parker, uh, PWMM, who says, MJF is the modern day Ric Flair in the sense he's better as a heel, but people will always cheer him because he's so good and has such a great persona. I completely agree with my, what Mike Parker says here. Yeah, and the thing is, though, not every, like I said before, not every place is going to cheer. And that, that's been actually kind of clear. Uh, and I think if he just stays the course, he'll be fine. Hunter Tillman, who's also been very supportive on multiple streams. Thank you so much to Hunter. Sends in a, a generous super chat saying, I just wanted to share that I woke up to see Jade Cargill retweeted me. I'm an official baddie now, I guess. Ha ha. Sending love to everyone. I think this means you're an official baddie now for Congratulations. sure. Congratulations. Uh, Will. Uh, Jade Cargill looked phenomenal this week. Uh, thoughts? I had to resist putting this on my list because from a wrestling <laughs> perspective, there wasn't much I liked here. Although I can start to see where it's going. But let me tell you that there are few people who can pull off what Jade Cargill pulled off this past Wednesday. I would almost venture to say there's no one who could pull off what Jade Cargill pulled off this past Wednesday in terms of uh, outfits, which was really interesting. I can't tell that story. Um, but there's <laughs> there's a story. I, I could blow up Jade's spot, but I'm not going to right now. But uh, I will say that that outfit, my God. Okay. I, breathe, all Will. I, breathe. All I tweeted on Wednesday was Jade Cargill. And uh, literally just her name and everybody knew what I meant by this. Jade Cargill pulling off uh, and, and also shout out, shout out to Sandra Gregg because uh, uh, AEW seamstress, former WWE seamstress, she put that outfit together for um, just amazing. Jade Cargill is, is look, uh, I'm a man and still body goals. She is uh, just phenomenal and uh, a complete work of art. Ooh. Jade Cargill. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I posted a screenshot of that, of obviously when she came out on Dynamite. And let me tell you, that thing like freaking blew 
the hell up. I will tell you that right now, hold on one second. Let me pull this up really quickly. I will tell you that right now, that thing got over 395 retweets, <laughs> over 5,000 likes. And I mean, it, I got the perfect moment too when she was like taking off the coat and stuff. So everybody was like, what's up? You know, what's happening here? She looks great, man. Like, uh, honestly, like credit to her because she's spoken about this on uh, a previous media scrums where she said like her goal is to be on the body issue, ESPN's body issue. And she also said she works, you know, really hard on her fitness and clearly she does. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was goals all around. Like, man, someone wrote to me, Will, on, uh, it was a burner account. So I don't respond to these because it's always burners account. Someone wrote to me laughing my fucking ass off goals. You're never going to look like that. And I was like, no shit. I ain't never going to look like that. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> but, you, by the way. The, you know, who but, can, there's not very many people that could look like that. And you know what's funny? My, I'm, but I don't respond to burner accounts because, you know, this is just cowardly. But I wanted same. to put, and let me guess, you probably look like Brian Cage, huh? They don't. <laughs> they don't. I ain't right. going to look like Jade Cargill. These burners aren't going to look like Brian Cage. I know. Post your real picture if if you're uh, that confident in yourself. That's that's the way I feel about those kinds of things because I got hit up by a whole bunch of burners this week. And like, no, I'm not going to respond to any of the burner accounts. Um, but again, if you're going to go there, post your Brian Cage body. Right, right. Like you got to look. You got to look. Show me your ward low. <laughs> but obviously, you know, I am never going to look like Jade Cargill. A lot of people ain't going to look like Jade Cargill because, you know, she just looks great. Okay. Um, but there you go. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into my third best of the week. And my third best. Why are you laughing, Will? The chat just is an account called Burner Account. And he says, hey, that's offensive to Burner Accounts. Dead. Okay, dead. That one won it. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, okay, so my third best of the week is going to go to the return of our favorite cowboy, Hangman Adam Page. Obviously, you know, with the way things went down with him and his last match with John Moxley, uh, everybody was very concerned uh, for his health and whatnot, just making sure he was safe and all of that and good to go. And uh, what, like over a little bit over a month later, he returns. And I was so happy that they picked up where they left off with him and John Moxley because um, we were here, Will, you and I talking about that really awesome promo that Hangman Page. That was a Page. wild shot, by the way. I know, right? This is really good here. This is a great. Great photo. John Moxley looks like he's stuck to the garage door. Yeah, and it looks like he hit him with the pounce. That's actually really good. <laughs> right? I know. That's why I chose this picture. But, he, okay, so you remember that promo where he was, like, you know, hitting himself on the head and this and that, and he was just going, like, really crazy. Um, it was one of those things that I just thought, man, he wasn't even supposed to be, like, the focus of that because they were leading into MJ MJF and John Moxley for the pay-per-view and I just remember thinking like man you know hangman Adam Page really made me want to see this play out even more so with him and John Moxley and so when they when he when uh John Moxley came out there and he started saying putting himself over about how he was the best and this was his AEW ring and that there was nobody man enough to come out there and basically you know state otherwise I was thinking okay clearly obviously he was paving the way for somebody to come out and I was not expecting hangman to come out during this because I don't know I just thought he's still you know at home getting 
fixed up or whatever, just taking time, whatever. Um, and so when he came out, I was genuinely freaking happy. I thought, hell yes, because again, I think there was a lot there. And because that wasn't the story being told at the time, I kind of feel like now you can do that. And obviously, I was also wondering, and now that John Moxley's not champion, where are we going? What's next for John Moxley? Well, now we know it's Hangman Adam Page, and I feel like this is going to be a story that unfolds very nicely um, for both sides. So this is my third best of the week. I had to resist putting this on my list because I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I, you know, uh, I've said this before, but as some people have their comfort shows they watch, uh, they sit back and they watch TV that, that makes them feel comfortable that they've seen a thousand times that they know aren't going to get any surprises. I have uh, comfort matches that I rewatched that I've seen a thousand times. And funny thing was I was doing some housework Tuesday and I ended up watching um, Kenny and Hangman versus the Young Bucks. I've seen that match a million times. Revolution 2020. I watch it a lot when I, I'm like, I just want something on in the background that I've seen that I know I'm going to enjoy. And I threw that match on and my brain went, man, I can't wait till Hangman comes back. I don't know when that's going to be, but I, I can't wait. And, uh, you know, once we have all these guys back in the fold, I think that's going to help really complete what the roster looks like now. And it's so funny. He was in the front of my mind and even still wasn't even considering it when Moxley called somebody out. I still kind of marked out when uh, his music hit and uh, I got really excited. And uh, I thought, you know what? This is perfect. The last time we saw Hangman was a little over a month ago, and it was being wheeled out on a stretcher after a match with John Moxley. Makes perfect sense for him to come back for John Moxley. I liked all of this. Um, I even liked Moxley is so. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Moxley is very aggressive, but in in the way he's so aggressive, he uh, is also ungraceful um and being that he's not graceful when he fell on the stage during this brawl i will tell you for most people that could have been like a big botch career ender kind of moment but moxley being who he is and being the type of brawler he is being as scrappy as he is it actually kind of worked for him it kind of fit i saw that happen and i thought yeah, that's actually Moxley. You know, he's, they've even said he's got two left feet. He's very, uh, like, that's who Moxley is. And so, yeah, when he fell on that stage, I thought, yeah, that's about right. And then he just kept going and kept fighting. And I thought, that's what would happen in a fight situation like that. And I liked it, actually. I thought it added to it. It kind of added a little bit of realism because he just kept going. Uh, this was great stuff. I'm, I'm with you. This was almost. This would have been, like, four on my list. Had yeah, I... this would have been embarrassing for anybody had they fallen. But I got to tell you, anytime someone falls, oh my God, I love it. I like rewind like a bunch of times just to rewatch <laughs> it. So I rewatched John Moxley falling like a bunch of times. Because <laughs> 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 it's so funny. But nothing, nothing will ever, ta- will ever, ever top a Titus O'Neil. Ever. Yeah. That was oh, the yeah. greatest thing. Like I think about it and I can still like see it all in my head. And it makes me happy every time because it was so funny. <laughs> But see, for like somebody like Titus O'Neil, that's not necessarily like it a wasn't part a bad of how thing. people loved him for it. I feel people loved him for it, but it kind of also became like a little bit of like a, a joke on his career, right? Whereas, like I said, Moxley is scrappy, so it just felt like something that would happen in a scrappy brawl. 
Titus O'Neil, like it was more like a thing everybody was pointing and laughing. And so, but uh, I kind of feel like it made me love him like a lot more after that because it was too funny. Like you can't, like you it, can't, like I'm sure everybody right now is visualizing this and going, "Ha ha, yeah, I remember that." Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a piece of me that that looks back at that Titus O'Neil fall like he was inches away from a pole, like <laughs> right there. Up, like that was like inches difference from being like a funny incident to like oh my god titus's career is over because he tripped and fell in a greatest royal rumble entrance <laughs> sorry i thought it was lovable it made me love him that much harder i'm sorry it was great great moment uh grapple geekery sends in a super chat saying hangman's return was my top moment of the week and for the record i look like blue meanie pre present day <laughs> Hey, I mean, look, Blue Meanie still makes a whole lot of money being the Blue Meanie, so. I love it. I love it, okay? I love it. Uh, thank you so much to Grapple Geekery. Uh, Jimon John says, is Bidding Wars 2024 a gimmick? No, I wouldn't say so. Hey, bro, like, if you are worth money, don't you think you're going to, like, when that time comes, you don't think that he's going to be getting offers? Will, what do you know? I don't know anything. I mean, I know what I knew going into um, the issues he was having in uh, back in May with Double or Nothing. And uh, I'm about 60-40 on it being a gimmick. Um, there is a piece of me that does believe he actually signed a contract when he came back and that the reason Tony... A new one surpassing 2024? Yes, and there's a piece of me that believes that the reason Tony Khan is willing to let this be mentioned so much on TV is because the payoff is going to be in story that he chooses AEW, um, but that he's already signed. That's, I see what you mean. There's a, I'm about 60-40 on that. 60-40, okay. Because yeah. the way I see it, too, it's like, come on, you know they're going to want MJF, mm -hmm. and you know there's going to be money thrown at him. Yes, but like way, I said, yeah. there's a piece of me that believes that the reason that it's mentioned so much is because it's already a done deal. So what do you think? What if they like signed him through 2025? Yeah, well, again, I could see that. Uh, but like, I, I, there's, I don't know. I, 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 I had this feeling that when he returned it all out, that was with a new contract. Okay. I like this. You know what, Will? You convinced me. <laughs> now that's my same theory. I'm stealing your theory. Good theory. Yeah, I don't that's... know. That, that, that's, that's just the feeling in my gut. Uh, thank you so much to Jamin John for sending in this super chat and getting this interesting theory out there. Mike Parker, PWMM, sends in a super chat saying, to quote the great Bobby Heenan, it's always fun when someone falls down. Funny. Excuse me, funny. Uh, yeah, I agree. I definitely oh, sure. agree. Thank you so much to Mike Parker for setting this in. And um, all righty, so let's go ahead and move on from here. Uh, Will, it is time for your second best of the week. Second best of the week goes to uh, Monday Night Raw. And on Monday Night Raw, we saw the bloodline uh, without Roman Reigns. Obviously, a lot of the stuff that's happening with the bloodline as of late is without Roman Reigns. We're not going to see Roman Reigns again until 2023. Uh, and so everything that plays out with Roman I mean, with the bloodline for the next month is all going to involve the the main members of the group. With all of that said, uh, I this is a, a twofer because um, really my pick is Kevin Owens versus Jey Uso in the main event of Raw. Uh, but before we got there, the segment that saw 
the Usos officially give their blessing, their their praise to one uh, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn uh, getting the Sami Uso chance and the Usos all embracing that. Jay Uso finally declaring that, hey, this is my boy. You know, he proved his worth at War Games. Uh, all of this was great stuff. And Kevin Owens, I thought, on the mic here, deciding that, you know what, Sammy, we're done. Uh, you picked who you picked, and I fully understand why you picked them. Hell, I've stabbed you in the back a million times. I get why you stabbed me in the back, but as far as we're concerned, we're done. And then he said, but I'm not done with the Usos. I'm not done with the bloodline. And uh, it was a great way to keep the story going. I thought the match itself was a whole lot of fun. Um, it was a great main event, great TV main event between um, two guys who have kind of always been known to deliver when they're in the ring like that. Uh, I, it has me looking forward to the inevitable uh, Usos and Kevin and Sammy match that I'm thinking we probably, they could probably hold off till WrestleMania at this stage. But uh, things are kind of in motion. Uh, the, 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 Silent best part of all of this is also Sola Sokoa because everybody's raising their eyebrows at what's going on with him. Why isn't he like he was originally on board with Sami Zayn? Why is he suddenly being so standoffish? And we all have these questions now. I have my theories as to why, but uh, I want to hear your uh, theories. Okay, my theory. I can steal all your theories, Will. Yes, yeah, so steal my theories. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So my belief is that. The most honest person in the bloodline is Solo Sokoa. And that Solo... Is Solo in it? <laughs> sure. But Solo Sokoa was initially all on board with Sami Zayn. You know, he was cool with him, all of that. I think that the Usos and Roman have decided at this point to fuck over Sami. And that at this point... The Usos are not being genuine. I think the Usos and Roman already made their decision back at Survivor Series that we're done with Sammy, but now we're going to string him along a little bit. Let's have some fun with this before we ultimately put his head in the blender. And I think Solo is the one who's now like, you know, you guys do your thing, but, you know, I, I'm not in, in the position of, you know, Met toying with this guy the way you guys are and i think that's what's happening here i think the usos are toying with sammy i think they're having fun with him but i think they are ultimately going to slaughter him uh and i think solo is just like nah you like i'm with you guys as far as like doing the work of the bloodline but fucking with this guy that's not for me and i think that's why he's so standoffish but right now it seems like He's not on board with Sammy, but I think it's because he's just not on board with being a scumbag to Sammy. That's my theory. I like that theory. And here's the thing, too, is that so if you notice on Raw and on SmackDown, anytime Sammy would start saying something, uh, Jimmy would kind of start off in a way like the way that he would phrase his, his his wording it was almost like he was he was teasing like he was about to yell or scream or get mad at Sami Zayn because uh I remember when Sami Zayn started trying to talk about you know their accomplishments Jimmy was like no 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 
we're not going to do this, Sammy. Sammy, we're not going to do this. And I'm thinking, what are we not going to do? And then he's all, this is about you. So they kind of worded it in a way where it's teasing the crowd, making them think something's going to happen. But then he like pauses and then kind of switches gear. But then on SmackDown, they had this backstage segment where uh, Sammy Zayn was going to go off and get food or something. And uh, I think it was Jimmy who made sure to send Solo Sokoa off with Sami Zayn so that he wouldn't go off on his own. And then he went and kind of told Jay, like, hey, have you actually spoken to Sami Zayn about, uh, you know, him lying to your face? And Jay is kind of like, nah, man, like, you know, after war games, everything's cool. So it is, it almost starting to feel like now Jimmy, to me, is the one that is starting to maybe not trust Sami Zayn as much versus before it was obviously Jey Uso but now it's kind of seeming like it's Jimmy Uso here now I don't I think that's where we're headed your theory I think that's exactly where we're headed but I don't think we're there just yet I think that's where they're headed so yeah I mean I either way this is the most intriguing storyline in in pro wrestling right now to me I think that um it's weird because there's no rivalry happening here yet um, I mean, Kevin Owens is on the the other side of it, so he helps keep it a rivalry. But at the moment, the part we're all most intrigued about is the internal struggle. And uh, it, it's very much akin to the Batista-Triple H feud in 2004 going into 2005 um, that, that really started on, as a complete accident, as this kind of did, where it was like for one night they teased some dissension between Batista and Hunter and were like, ha-ha, we got you guys. But they saw how much fans were like, whoa, but wait a minute, people were really digging this. We should keep this up. And the fun part about it was we never were sure how it was going to blow up and when it was going to blow up. But the most intriguing things about it were the things they did along those lines. Like, I don't know if you remember um, New Year's Revolution 05, but uh, there there was a finish to that. Uh, they had the Elimination Chamber, and the final three of the match were Orton, Batista, and Triple H. And... Orton hits an RKO on Batista, and it's one, two, and Triple H is in the background looking like he's going to break up the pin and then sits back down like, eh, I'm not going to bother. And Batista hadn't seen that until the next night on Raw when he's shown the footage and, like, his face. Uh, just And I just remember thinking, this is, like, some of the best storytelling I've ever seen because uh, it's all so subtle, and this reminds me a lot of that, of just – we know what the ultimate outcome is, which is that it has to get to the Usos versus Kevin and Sammy. The question is just how do we get there and how many intriguing things can they do to further us toward that goal? And I'm excited. I can't wait to see what happens next. This is some of the best stuff in pro wrestling today. Man, I agree with you. I mean, I love all this stuff. Uh, everything with Sammy and the bloodline has been great. Uh, we got a super chat here from Jamin John who says, not a fan of Alexa Bliss, Harley Quinn gimmick and not want another one with, and not want one with an, another one with Liv Morgan. Oh, is it when, uh, I'm guessing he's talking about when Liv Morgan also did the Harley Quinn look. I'm assuming that's what it is. I like these types of stuff. I love when any of the girls kind of do like, uh, you know, a wardrobe similar to uh, anything in pop culture. Obviously with Harley Quinn literally being like one of the most popular. I mean, I forgot which, uh, I used to work a lot of comic cons back in the day. I know me of all people, but I, every, all the time for years, I would work these events and they, people I would I wish you just put dressed. a sign over you next time you have to work one that just says, doesn't like Marvel movies. I'm no, and it. it's funny because it's like, I, I would work all of them, like the anime ones, the, the, there was a bunch of other ones, like Stan Lee's Comic Con. And there was a, so many, 
Comic Cons. I don't even know their names, but they have so many of them. Um, but every time I would work them, everybody, except the anime ones, but the other ones, everybody would come in as Harley Quinn. I saw so many Harley Quinns in my lifetime. And <laughs> I'm familiar with like every possible version of a Harley Quinn now. But I like it though. I like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say that uh, it is interesting that the Harley Quinn that everybody kind of goes for is, is kind of modern Harley Quinn. I would like to see maybe one day now I get it. You have to do like a full body get up to do it. But I would like to see kind of a comeback of original Harley Quinn. But that's just me. I don't know what original Harley Quinn is. I probably already saw. I saw a bunch of Harley Quinns. What's that Poison Ivy person? Is it Poison Ivy? Yeah. Okay, well, Poison Ivy person, <laughs> I saw that person a whole bunch. And then the guy from, I think it was The Walking Dead with the red, with the brown jacket and the, I think he had a sledgehammer. I forgot what he had. And then like a red, a red, a, a red scarf, I think. I think. I don't remember, yeah. but I saw a bunch of him. Him, The Walking Dead guy, the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy were the costumes I saw like left and right. So there you go. That sounds about right for a Comic-Con. Yeah. Negan, Someone by says the way. Negan. Is, okay, yeah. that's what it is. I've never seen Walking Dead, so sorry. I'm out of the loop on that one. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, it is time for my uh, second best of the week. And uh, my second best, I'm very excited because, actually, before we get to it, we have a super chat here from Mike Parker, uh, who says, maybe part of the bill um he says maybe part of the build after they turn on sammy will be sammy versus solo where if sammy wins he and ko get a tag shot at wrestlemania what do you think about this will um i mean i don't know there's a lot of routes you can take to get there that's not a bad one uh i don't know eventually how they decide that but um all i know is this is good stuff. I'm excited. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I don't know. I, I actually don't know how you eventually pull off uh, the Usos versus Kevin and Sammy. The only problem I have with this is that there are no tag teams right now that I feel the Usos could believably tie it up with in a way where you can prolong this till WrestleMania. That's right. the issue I have there. Okay, I see. And by the way, it was uh, Negan with a baseball bat. I'm on sledgehammer. <laughs> Clear <laughs> sledgehammers in my mind. Uh, we also got another super chat here from uh, Bored Dude 630 who says, being Native American, shout out to the Not White Guy Wrestling Podcast. That was actually the first name I pitched for the show was the Not White Guy Wrestling Podcast. Did you really? No, Did... of course not. I was keeping a straight face to a joke. Oh, I was going to say, I don't remember you pitching that. <laughs> I remember you pitching um, something along the lines of, oh, let me finish reading the super chat. So Board Dude 630 says, be Native American shout out to the Not White Guy Wrestling Podcast. Take it easy, my Mariah Carey and Taylor Swift homies. Thank you so much for sending this in. I remember I pitched to you a name that I didn't know was a porn thing. So I pitched That's to you the name the POV. And the reason why I teach, I, I, <laughs> yes. I, 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 I chose POV for an Ariana Grande song. Uh -huh. uh, because she has a song called POV and it's a very beautiful love song. It's a love song and it's very beautiful. And I thought, oh my God, I love to name podcasts after pop culture things. Uh, so I thought POV with mine and Will's POV, right? And I sent it to you and I was so excited. I was like very confident in it. And then you were like, Denise, ask Sandro why you think that should not be a podcast <laughs> name. So I asked him and he was like, Denise, it's a porn site. And I'm like, what? 
It's a porn site or something porn related. Yeah, I mean, well, specifically type of porn, as in like point of view. It's as in like if you were looking for videos that are from the point of view of the person receiving the act. Oh, receiving the act, not shooting. Or or doing. Basically, it's either receiving or doing the act. It's a point of view type of video. So, um, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, and I thought point of view because, you know, my point of view of wrestling, your point of view. I, I got it. <laughs> so that was almost going to be the name. And then you pitched, uh, I think it was like Denise and dad or dad and Denise or something along those no, lines. That, no, it was the Maxwell dad. Baumbach had pitched. Uh, and this was fucking great. Um, he Maxwell Baumbach had pitched Denise and the dad. There and, you go. But I and, said no because it sounded weird. I know. I... Uh, I was like, you know what? In terms of like wordplay and stuff, that's a plus. Um, and and then I, I just didn't want people to think it was like a porn. <laughs> yeah, see, and you went there because you're yeah, like, I went there. I was like, oh, Denise and her dad. Ooh, I don't know yeah. about that. <laughs> um, that's funny. Okay. Yes. And then ultimately, we decided on after the week. And yeah. And that's where we're at now. So you know what? One day I'm gonna have a podcast named POV. All right. It's gonna happen someday. Uh, thank you so much to Bored Dude Six Thirty. Uh, now I'll go ahead and get into my second best Let's of do the it. week. All right. So speaking of great TV main events, my number two of the week is going to go to the finals of the World Cup tournament on SmackDown with Ricochet and Santos Escobar. So the reason why I chose this match as my number two was because these are two guys. Um, that, okay, so speaking on, I'm gonna start with Ricochet. Ricochet, you know, has people, when you think of, when you think of people that unfortunately WWE has sort of dropped the ball on, Ricochet is a name that a lot of people bring up. They're like, yeah, there could have been so much more done with Ricochet. Let's be real. He's an easy person to sell in terms of getting over with the fans, right? And unfortunately, they always kept him at a certain level and he really wasn't doing much. And he treated him really like a jobber. Let's be real, okay? So I feel like this match, and granted, he's had other great matches, but I think this match was the one where I feel like he was kind of treated in a different light. And I loved the way that Ricochet was portrayed in this match. Santos Escobar is obviously a new act on the main roster. Uh, You know, I knew and loved him on NXT and even prior to NXT and all of that. But it was specifically speaking for the main roster, his kind of I would say breakout performance on the main roster and with somebody like Ricochet where these are two guys that still have something to prove Ricochet because he's been there for a long time and Santos Escobar because he just got there it's like they both had something to prove and they went out there and they put on this banger main event and this is what I want to see more of on Smackdown and Raw even I want to see more matches like this like this stuff was so freaking good they had some great spots my favorite one was when Ricochet ran from one side to the other side, jumped on the barricade, and then Santos Escobar jumped on there too, got him with a hurricanrana, and that was it. Just looked visually pleasing, and there was a bunch of other stuff that they did that I really enjoyed. The only thing that I will say here though is, and I said this on my post show on Friday, was I was upset that Ricochet was the winner here, and not because I don't like Ricochet or anything like that. No, it was really just because Ricochet, we have seen it been there, done that with him as Intercontinental Champion, or in that also with that match with Gunther. We've seen it, we've seen it. 
So I actually thought that Santos Escobar should have won this simply for the fact that I think it would have benefited him a lot more given how new he is to the roster. And also because it's not something that we had seen before. And one of the other things that I also mentioned um, on the post show was that Back when he was in NXT, he seemed to be climbing the ladder in terms of the ranks on NXT. But for some reason, they never actually went all the way with Santos Escobar. It was almost like they didn't really know for sure if they could. And um, by then, it became too late. And it was just, that's it, right? And he actually had a really great feud with Tony D'Angelo, which I thought carried a lot of like the early NXT 2.0 days. So anyways... I don't want to see the same thing happen on SmackDown where it seems like he's going up the ranks, up the ranks, and then not doing anything with him. So I hope we don't see the same thing play out here. And it did kind of worry me a little bit when he wasn't the one that won this match. I'm excited again for Ricochet, but I do think it would have been more... um, I think it would have meant more had Santos Escobar gotten this victory. But regardless, I still think that the match was phenomenal. Even the win was phenomenal for Ricochet and um, had to get my best, my second best of the week. Uh, I, I agree with you in that. I love the match. Um, I am a little annoyed that it seems like the stakes uh, kind of are falling into the backdrop because to me, it still feels like the bigger program that they're building to is Gunther versus Braun. Right. And that like the only reason Ricochet is even in this position is because Braun was cost his match uh, by Gunther last week. And so I still feel like that's where they're heading ultimately. And they've already announced that this Intercontinental title match is happening on SmackDown. And so um, I do kind of hate that, you know, congratulations, Ricochet. He won the World Cup. But ultimately, I think it's just going to fall into the backdrop for longer term plans. Um, but no, this was excellent. I agree with you. I think that these two already have such great history going back to Lucha Underground. And um, a lot of times, I even talked to a wrestler this week who told me that one of the biggest concerns with certain things like matches from previous promotions, Lucha Underground, New uh, New Japan, things along those lines, that when they finally make it to the big stage, you look at like AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, a match that everybody was like, whoa, Wrestle Kingdom main event. You know, this was one of the best matches we've ever seen. Now, was it the main event? I don't think it was the main event that year. But either way, at Wrestle Kingdom, it was phenomenal. And it was a match that everybody wanted to see at WrestleMania. They're like, if it could do it on that big stage, let's see it on the biggest stage imaginable. And it sucked at WrestleMania. And so, um, and they were talking about how, you know, we hear that from Lucha Underground as well, where, hey, this match was amazing we now have these guys in a bigger promotion whether it's AWWE, and uh and then it doesn't live up to the hype of the previous match i felt like this was a case of a match actually living up and possibly even over delivering in a spot where um look not a whole lot of people watch smackdown this week i have a feeling the ratings will come in probably around seven or eight hundred thousand just because of where it aired this week and all of that along those lines but so in that position they gave these guys a lot of time and uh, the ability to go out there and deliver a uh, a banger match. And yeah, Ricochet, Hunter loves Ricochet. Hunter has obviously shown that he has a penchant for booking Ricochet. And I think that he's got to undo a lot of what happened on the main roster with Ricochet over the last, uh, how long has it been? Almost four years. Uh, but I think he's on the right track for doing so. But I do agree that I probably... I don't know. It's tough, right? Because Escobar is a heel and putting him up against Gunther is probably not going to do him any wonders either. This was a tough one, but it's a good pick. This was a very good pick. 
All righty. But before we get into our worst of the week, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into something that is freaking awesome because we are sponsored here by Smack Talk Showdown. And if you haven't been keeping an eye out here on my YouTube channel, I just uploaded two promo wars that are brand new. The Thanksgiving edition is up and I just uploaded the Christmas edition, which you guys can go ahead and check out. And on top of that, there was also the Halloween edition. Uh, please make sure to check out promo wars if you already have and you know exactly what this game is. Um, this is literally just a wrestling card game where you get to cut promos. They give you a, a really silly names. They give you funny scenarios and funny tasks. And you literally just cut promos and whoever is the best wins. Like whoever could be, you know, the best version of MJF or The Rock or Dusty Rhodes. Uh, all of these great people that have cut great promos. Uh, whoever is the best one actually wins. And this game is so much fun, whether you're playing um, with your friends or even fans. Family. Uh, you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this game. Um, head on over to smacktalkshowdown.com and pick up Smack Talk Showdown and wrestle with words, everyone. And also because you guys are here uh, watching on the show, you do get a special discount. You get $5 off your entire order if you use the promo code Denise. This makes a phenomenal gift. Uh, put it on your wish list. If someone's asking you, what do you want for Christmas? Have Smack talk showdown on your list i promise you you will have a blast every time i play this game i'm always laughing like a crazy person so smacktalkshowdown.com five dollars off your entire order with the promo code denise Alrighty, and let's get into our super chat here from Ricardo, the ODV, who says, just some love for you all. Have a great stream. Thank you so much to Ricardo for sending this in. Seriously, uh, to everybody that's uh, tuning in, sending super chats, just taking uh, an active role in this podcast. You guys are seriously uh, making this worth it for us each and every single week here. So thank you so much to Ricardo. Now it is time. Well, my favorite part of the stream, the worst of the week. Will, what's your pick for worst of the week? Denise, I'm going to do something a little different here. Can I ask for a favor? I'm scared. What's the favor? Um, can I punt my worst uh, for a few minutes? Just Okay. You'll understand why, but okay. Uh, okay. Just go ahead with yours, please. Okay. <laughs> I think I know what's happening here. My worst of the week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to steal a page out of Will Washington's playbook here. A couple of weeks ago, Will, you named the entire episode of Rampage your worst of the week. And unfortunately, I'm stealing a page out of your book and I'm giving it to Rampage my worst of the week. Um, the reason I'm giving Rampage worst of the week is because, the, okay, obviously I cover wrestling for a living. I'm watching a bunch of shows that I legitimately have to sit there and watch okay doesn't matter if it's good show a bad show a mediocre show a shitty show it doesn't matter i'm sitting there and i'm watching it now i'm gonna be completely honest this episode of rampage felt like a chore to watch i was sitting there thinking oh my god i could have just covered one show today and had an extra hour to enjoy Friday night. And when it's your job to cover something, you don't want to think that way. I didn't want to think that way. I hated thinking that way. I like enjoying the shows that I watch. And unfortunately, Rampage wasn't one of them. And in um, speaking, part of the reason why I didn't really care for 
uh, Rampage was I didn't think any of the matches were good. Um, I didn't think any of the matches necessarily screamed, hey, Denise, tune into the show. Um, even like I love the stuff. And well, you had a phenomenal tweet about this. And it was Rampage finding the balance between what they do in ring wise and storytelling wise. And I agree, there was a lot of great stuff that they did storytelling wise, even promoting um, some of the the matches upcoming for Dynamite, as well as making some matches for Final Battle. I thought all of that was great. It was fun, but it wasn't enough to make me say I should not have that. I wasn't enough to make me say this was a can't miss episode of Rampage. Now, I also put out a tweet and this got hundreds and hundreds of responses. And I asked people like, are you a regular viewer of Rampage? Or do you watch depending on the card? There were a lot of people that tuned in regularly. Um, and but there was a huge there was a huge percentage of people that told me they started watching Rampage regularly, and then stopped. They said they stopped and a lot of it, they only came back depending on the card. So whether or not there was something that actually intrigued them on this card was whether or not they tune in. There were people that some summarized it a lot. They summarized it the way that I kind of felt about it. There were some people saying, you know what? Um, I don't, I watch, I try to watch Rampage regularly, but it's just content now. And I don't put the same emphasis on, uh, you know, how I do on Dynamite. So obviously Dynamite for a lot of people is a can't miss. I got to tune into Dynamite. But Rampage has unfortunately become a background episode. A maybe I'll catch it or depending on the card. And that to me was very, very telling where I really, and this was something that Tony Khan was asked about on a media call not too long ago. I forget if it was ahead of All Out or ahead of Full Gear. He was asked All about out. the card, All Out, thank you. He was asked about the card to Rampage. And one of the things he said was he was working with a lot of people that, you know, a lot of his big stars were out and, you know, kind of working around that. And he did say that he was going to be putting on better shows. And for a bit, I still thought, you know what, Rampage was still pretty good. I remember even kind of disagreeing with you that day that you thought that Rampage wasn't too great, right? But your whole take on that week's episode was that it was a live episode of Rampage at Daly's Place versus something that was already, uh, you know, taped alongside Dynamite, right? So I did agree with you on that. But even then, at that period, I was still kind of, you know, thinking, okay, there's some interesting stuff on Rampage. But um, this episode completely lost me completely lost me to the point where I'm like, okay, you need to get me back here. As a viewer, you need to kind of earn my interest back. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's my worst of the week. I felt like this match-wise, everything that Rampage did this week felt a lot like what Dark does week to week, which is um, – I, I think a lot of people who don't watch Dark don't kind of understand what it's kind of designed to do because uh, Dark, I, I watch everything, guys. Um, the, literally, the only thing I don't watch on a week-to-week -week basis is, like, main event. But other than that, um, everything's at least on in the background at some point. But one of the things that Dark does week-to-week -week is, uh, like, because I see people get upset when they're like, hey, why is such and such booked on Dark? And it's like, kind of watch why they're booked on Dark because they're clearly setting something up for dynamite where it'll be like somebody who's working dynamite the following week might have a dark match to just kind of lay the groundwork and i feel like that's what this rampage did right where um it, i could tell some of that same line of thinking was in place like why am i watching 
Darby Allen face Cole Carter on TV? Oh, because they're putting him in position to now face Samoa Joe for the TNT title this week. Oh, why are we seeing um, Private Party face off with Jeff Jarrett and um, Jay, Lethal. Jay Lethal and Jay Lethal? Oh, because clearly they're setting up Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal to challenge the acclaim for the tag titles. Uh, and I, like I said, I found none of the matches on Rampage this week intriguing. And I think that's a waste of TV time. And I'm wondering if uh, this was one of those kind of punting kind of things uh, or uh, tanking it simply because they knew they were up against college football the same way SmackDown was. So it was like, ah, we don't care. But at the same time, because I liked a lot of the stuff that was happening outside of the ring. I thought that everything happening with um, uh, Athena, I love Athena's recent heel turn, and I'm really excited for what's going to happen with her at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view at Final Battle. Um, Shane Taylor promotions, or Shane Taylor challenging Swerve in Our Glory to that Shane Taylor promotions versus um, Swerve in Our Glory match. That was a great segment. Um, I thought the stuff with Soraya was really good, and I thought that everything outside of the matches felt intriguing enough to make me look forward to what's coming. All of it was like an infomercial for you know, hey, this upcoming Dynamite, hey, upcoming uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view. But the show itself didn't do anything to keep me. So I knew it was going to be your pick, and I, I can agree with that. Um, so We got a good. super chat here from Uriel Landeros. Thank you so much to Uriel, who says, showing some love to the dynamic duo of pro wrestling podcasts. You two freaking rock. Thank you so much, Uriel. Um, lots of love. Thank you so much for sending, uh, for sending this over to us. Seriously, thank you very much. Um, let me just make sure to catch up here. We got another super chat here from Jamin John who says, best version, Hollywood rock or corporate rock? Hollywood rock. What do you think? Hollywood rock. Uh, okay. And that's not to say, if you threw one more in there and said nation rock, I would say nation rock was what got it all started, right? Like um, we we wouldn't have this Hollywood star we have today if literally in that interview at WrestleMania 14, if The Rock hadn't literally called himself or uh, what was the whole line the line of um if the rock were a jury he'd be a hung jury if you smell what i'm cooking and literally that line the not the hung jury line that was corny and predictable and still funny but the uh if you smell what i'm cooking line changed the trajectory of his career that stuff i think is is excellent for a young 24 year old wrestler to have been doing at the time but uh I mean, no, Hollywood Rock took him into a new dimension. That was stuff that we didn't know Rock was capable of as a character. It's just a phenomenal run. I love Hollywood Rock. Thank you so much to Jamin John for setting this in. All righty, and it is now time for Will's Worst of the Week. Denise, I'm going to ask a favor. I'm scared. Uh, what? I'm going to ask to punt this just a couple more minutes. More? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dang, Will, we got a format here. I know we have a format here. But <laughs> All just, right, well, screw just try. the format. I, yeah, we're, we're going to break the format here just a couple more minutes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. I was going to break into a whole song and dance right now. All right, well, in that case, let's go ahead and get into our uh, best of the week. So, Will, are you ready to reveal your best of the week in wrestling? Oh, yes, I am ready to reveal my best of the week. Uh, and so my best of the week is... Look, I am an in-ring guy. I just love it when in-ring professional wrestling delivers. And guess what, guys? Did you happen to see Brian Danielson go one-on-one -on -one with Dax Harwood? Because I sure did. And boy, oh boy, that match just happened to deliver. I thought that these two guys went out there and just 
did some pro freaking wrestling. I thought that the exchanges between these guys looked like a struggle. And that is the thing that you want professional wrestling to look like. I thought that um, Brian Danielson just has some of the most uh, offensive looking offense in pro wrestling in the sense that I just believe he is somebody who is looking to win a professional wrestling contest. And Dax Harwood is along those same lines of somebody who looks like he is out there to wrestle. And again, I just thought that these guys were going out there and putting on a show. And, uh, you know, by the end of it, I thought that the exchanges getting into the label lock were great stuff. Um, and this was one of those matches that probably had no reason to take place other than the fact that I'm sure Brian wanted it because Dax is somebody he wanted to tie up with. Um, and Dax probably wanted it because he, like me, views Brian as the greatest performer to ever step in a ring, let alone in a ring today. And no, I just had fun with it. And I thought that this was just an excellent, excellent professional wrestling match that, uh, as they're saying in the chat, thank you, Shanika, that just slapped. This was great stuff. It was. And I wanted to include this one in my top three as well. Remember earlier I said there was things I wanted to put on here. This was definitely one that almost made it up there. The only reason I bumped it was because I really wanted to talk about Hangman Page. <laughs> so mm -hmm. That's the only reason why I bumped it. But I completely agree with you in terms of like the in-ring work was phenomenal. Uh, I thought a grand, I mean, excuse me, I thought Dynamite was a great episode this weekend. There was a lot of good in-ring action and this was definitely up there uh, with it. Um, I think that like just the... I, I think the reason this was good in particular for me was just because it was so hard hitting. And anytime you get anything like that, it's really hard not to get into those kinds of matches. So I really loved all of that. And I also loved how at the end, they just, you know, shook, they shook hands. They, it was just like, thanks, dude. Thanks. You know, we had a great competitive match and let's move on with our day. And I love that. It was simple. I, I got a very pleasing match and I don't know what else to say. It was good stuff. We yeah, and that, that, that's ultimately pro wrestling to me. That's all I want to see. Right, exactly. Mr. CJ Lilly sends in a super chat saying, I don't watch Rampage regularly. AEW should just make it ROH and concentrate all the ROH, ROH stories on there. Make it different and matter to Ring of Honor. Um, thoughts on this. Would you rebrand all of Rampage to make it Ring of Honor focused? No, but um, I can see what they're doing and that I think they are trying to sell the idea of a Ring of Honor show and what a Ring of Honor show could look like. And I think they're using Rampage as kind of a, a litmus test for that. All righty. Thank you so much to Mr. CJ Lilly for sending this in. Much appreciated. We got another super chat here from Sheldon Jackson who says, Brian Danielson versus Dax Harwood was an amazing match. Now I want to see Cash Wheeler one-on-one -on -one with Brian Danielson. Yeah, I mean, this has been Dax Harwood's year as a singles wrestler. And I think that uh, it's a shame Cash doesn't get that same love. I don't know if he doesn't want it, but uh, I, I would like to see him maybe get the same. I don't know if he even has it as a performer. Who knows? Now, here's a super chat that I very much agree with. And this is from Snap Grapple, Snap Grapple Pop, who says, if you know people aren't going to watch a show, why not stack it and make people regret it? When I lapse, I've been brought back hearing what I'd miss. 
And, you know, that was kind of like the mentioning when we were talking about Rampage earlier. And I do agree with this. I feel like if you're, if you're going to be either changing times or you're going to be up against something that's, you know, uh, you know, you're just going to get slaughtered in the ratings or you change channels and you're on FS1, whatever the situation is for that week. I've always thought the same thing because there's still going to be people that tune in. I don't want to be punished for tuning in and being a regular fan. I want to be like, you know what? You should have tuned into this episode because damn, look at what we got on the show today. So I do agree with this. I think, and granted, you don't have to put on your, you know, your, I guess you can say very, very best, but you can at least put on something that is worth it for those people that are tuning in. I think there's a, uh, definitely a middle ground. Cause like, I, I remember, um, do you remember the pay-per-view No Mercy 2016 where uh, the WWE title match was AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose versus John Cena as a triple threat? But because they knew they were up against the presidential debate at the same time, they that match opened the pay-per-view and the main event was this really awful Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt match. Um, and like they knew, they knew at that point it was like, okay, maybe Orton versus Bray Wyatt is something people want to see even though like no um because these guys have just never delivered together but also uh, I don't think we knew that at the time I think they thought at the time maybe they could uh, possibly pull something out as as competitors against each other um but then along those same lines Smackdown this week was on FS1 which FS1 is a network not a whole lot of people even get to begin with and on top of that um, it was up against um, a really, really important college football game. And so um, along those lines, that's kind of what they did with SmackDown. I think that uh, even though it wasn't on the list, I thought Sami Zayn versus Sheamus was also a banger. Um, and there was some stuff in the middle that was like not so great, but the main event also delivered. And that was a show that, again, they knew that people weren't probably going to watch. Like I said, SmackDown will probably do its lowest rating of the year the, um, on that episode. But... Uh, even still, it was a show where they they gave it a lot. The interesting thing about Rampage anyway is that you don't have to punt on Rampage because you know that Rampage, I believe, has the statistically the biggest number of DVR viewers of any wrestling show. You already know the majority of people watch Rampage on uh, on delay anyway. And so in that sense... Yeah, give them give them a reason to feel like, okay, we should probably just. Uh, or, I missed this. I should give it a chance now. You know, make me regret not watching it when it came on, so that the next time around I do tune in when it comes on. Um, I agree with that absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much to Snap Grapple Pop for sending this in. It's much appreciated. And um, okay, so uh, should I get to my best of the week, or do you want to do your worst of the week? Get to your best of the week. Oh my God, Will, I feel you're setting me up here for failure. Are you setting me up here for failure? No. (laughs) I'm terrified. All right, well, I think mine was pretty obvious because it was in the title, unfortunately. But what else am I going to put in the title? I got to put something, right? Um, My number one was MJF turning on William Regal. And I know that this one, there was a couple of people on Twitter that thought that this thing went too long in terms of MJF talking too much and this and that. I completely disagree with it because um, I've said this a million times, but my favorite thing about MJF's uh, storytelling, or rather when he comes out and cuts promo, is that he does this very, very like storytelling aspects of things. He doesn't just go out there and just start like talking shit, right? Uh, He sets it up. And that's what I really um, enjoy about, about, one of the things I really enjoyed about this. So 
I liked everything from him coming out and, you know, having this, you know, people trying to figure out if he's going to, you know, really talk about what's going on with him and William Regal. And he reads that email and he sets that up. Okay, fine. From there, he goes on to talk about the bidding war of 2024. And he brings up Triple H. He brings up Nick Khan. He throws a shot at Tony Khan. All of that, to me, is still not getting old. I think that is so much fun to do. And I really love it when he kind of does that stuff. Like, I really, really enjoy it. Um, from there on, he finally introduces the big Burberry belt, right? And it's very MJF. I did think it could be a little bit. I did think the Burberry could have screamed out just a little bit louder, but I'm wondering if there's some like, you know, design. Uh, I don't know if this was an this. I doubt this was an actual partnership with Burberry. I don't know, Will. Exactly. No, which is the why belt they was made it. by uh, Ron Edwardson of uh, Red Leather Belts. And right. he, he did the strap. So they couldn't obviously go out there and just put Burberry's like whole, you know, thing on there. Right. So I knew that that was the reason, but uh, either way, I actually like the belt and I like that they thought of doing this new belt for MJF and MJF basically saying that the old belt is not classy and it reminds him of all the other champions. I thought all of that was great. Uh, finally him going into uh, attacking William Regal when he just hits him with the brass knucks and back of the head. My favorite part of this was one, that I know this, there was people that, you know, saw it coming. I did it. I was very excited about this. I felt like I was swerved. I felt like uh, my favorite thing in wrestling is the unpredictability factor, okay? I don't like that everything's predictable. Sometimes predictable is good because I prefer predictable over really bad. But this was unpredictable and fun, in my opinion. And the reason for that is MJF, each and every single week, has come out and done phenomenal segments right the promos are always ace all of that so he has set he's raised the bar for himself okay so now if he were to come out as AEW world champion where the stakes are a lot higher and flop that would not be good right so to me I kind of felt like having him turn on William Regal was something that just made it feel like okay just when we thought you had kind of figured out MJF, you did not. And granted, there's this whole other story about whether or not William Regal is going to be in AEW for much longer. That's a whole other thing. People seeing this as a write-off. Obviously, that's a kind of a, a little bit of a separate topic here. But with MJF, turning on William Regal, I thought made for great television. And I especially love that he closed it out, circling back to that initial confrontation that they had on Dynamite prior where they did that back and forth where he was talking about the email that William Regal sent him that almost made him kill himself. And him circling it back and basically giving William Regal his own words, a taste of his own medicine, Bro, that was chef's kiss. I loved it. I'm all for the, what they were telling here with this story. Uh, in terms of whether or not I'm expecting to see William Regal in AEW, to be honest, I'm 50-50. I have no idea what to expect. I can totally see him going back to WWE. But then again, I don't know what the contract situation is. I have no idea. Uh, so, a couple of notes. Uh, one... FightfulSelect.com reported really in the last like 10 minutes, Regal's done. Um, at least oh, that's shit. What, I didn't see that's, that. That's uh, actually <laughs> what we've- There you go. Perfect timing. Um, that's actually what we've heard is that, uh, and I've been hearing it all week, WWE is pretty much under the impression that Regal is on his way back um, and that that was definitely a write-off for Regal. I think Regal has enough respect for the business. I think he has enough respect for AEW and the talents involved in AEW to maybe sell this injury just a little bit um, and not just like appear on TV tomorrow. Um, so I don't think he's just going to show up now. Uh, but 
either way, uh, you know, there was one, uh, you know, the one thing you mentioned, the callbacks to um, the last promo uh, in that the, the thing that I liked here more than anything else was the way that last promo ended, which was with Regal with his back turned to MJF and he asked MJF to strike him and MJF did not. And Regal kind of smugly walked away thinking you don't have that in you. And sure enough, that was exactly how MJF took out William Regal. Um, that was a great callback. The email was a great callback. But if you want to go ahead and pull up my worst, I am actually one of those people from the Twitter side of things that you mentioned before who actually did not like anything that led up to that ending. I actually thought... Let's go, Will. Let's, let's go. go. I, let's I, and go. That's, that's why... I needed you to kick this one down because I didn't want to. Because you knew it was going to be my best of the week, huh? I did. I did. <laughs> and so, uh, once it, no, once you hadn't, once Will, you hadn't named no. it, once you hadn't named it in your three and two, I was like, okay. I'm upset right now. I'm upset <laughs> that this is your worst of the week. I'm sorry. I already disagree. You haven't said anything, but I already disagree. Continue. Okay. On. So, part of the reason I didn't like this uh, was one, the entirely convoluted explanation around the firm. Um, I thought that, the, so when this segment first started, my brain looked at the clock, and, or at least my eyes did, and my brain thought, huh, they've got a lot of time to go till the top of the hour, and if I didn't know any better, like, usually segments like this, whatever the payoff to a segment like this is, and my thought was maybe Ricky Stark's going to interrupt or whatever, but usually a payoff to the segment has to hit at the top of the hour, and they had, like, over 10 minutes to go to the top of the hour. I thought, what are they going to do for 10 minutes? And I felt like MJF was just out there stalling for 10 minutes, basically talking himself in circles. He basically goes in and explains everything that was going on. Um, and he explains, you know, well, I got jumped by the, um, the firm. And then it, William Regal sent me an email saying that I'm going to be, uh, or that I saw a moment of weakness that I could turn you into the biggest uh villain in in wrestling and also i'm not going after the firm because uh you know i'm the champ and i actually respect what they did i thought all of that shit was awful i thought that uh, but he was setting it up though he was setting up basically making william regal eat his own words sure this to took me, forever it set up will I, I felt like maybe it was a setup. Maybe he'll reveal next week that uh, he was in it on it with the firm this entire time. But either way, I just thought that, man, what a waste of that entire month. Um, because I thought all of that shit just felt like it was taking up way too much of my time. And I wasn't sure where any of it was going. And again, for MJF to just be like, eh, yeah, they put me through a table. But I kicked him in the balls and we're good. Uh, and I, I, I didn't like any of that. Um, the belt reveal, yeah, it was a cute little swerve, I suppose. But uh, it was just, it felt kind of underwhelming. I thought, honestly, for MJF, and the reason, again, I'm grading on a, on a, on a bit of a curve here. Because had this come from anybody else, I probably would have been like, eh, it was all right. And it was fine. And I put, wouldn't have put it at my worst. But when I think about MJF, and MJF being a masterful promo worker who works with a whole lot of purpose and makes his words count. When I think about the promo that MJF had back at the Kia Forum. When I think about the promo that MJF has had with William Regal. When I think about the promos MJF has had with CM Punk this year. All of that stuff mattered. Stuff that he did with Wardlow. He made his words matter. And and I just felt like coming out of the gate, your first promo as AEW World Heavyweight Champion, I thought, damn, this is just pretty standard heel stuff. 
and uh the the bidding war of 2024 shit is like super tired and i really hope that he's not gonna spend the next year as champion continuing to hammer this one in because it's really tired and it's not tired in a sense of like oh i hate you as an AEW fan so uh this is good heel work it's more like you know i'm not watching wwe television so like this just makes me want to turn um and I didn't like anything here until he knocked out Regal. So I'm not giving the entire thing my worst, but I thought that this was long. It was boring. Um, crowd started chanting, shut the fuck up. And for the first time, I kind of agreed with that, that chant. Was, that was in the very beginning, though. I, That's well, I, he hadn't even started talking. And they, I, were, the, shouting, they <laughs> were shouting, shouting, shut the fuck up, because he was basically just being MJF. And Again, then it was funny because he just turns around and he goes, how, and he coof. Basically going back to that William right, Regal, totally Regal he said it, it the week before. There were two points in that segment where I felt like, you know what? I kind of agree. Like, I this is a rare time. And I like MJF. I think MJF is a world-class performer, a world-class promo. And I thought that this felt more like early MJF stuff. It felt like kind of blase heel stuff. And it just wasn't for me. And until he turned it around with the Regal stuff... But it took way too long to get there. I was already mentally checked out. When he clocked Regal, it took me by surprise the same way it did you, but only because I was already like, okay, can we move on? <laughs> oh, shit, something happened. Um, I was not a fan of this whatsoever. This was my worst of the week. I cannot believe how opposite we are on this segment. How can I see it as the best thing and you as the worst thing? I just didn't like it. I, I didn't think that. Uh, See, and again, me, I felt like he was doing a setup and he was setting everything up to get into this big, you know, uh, implosion of him turning on William Regal. Like to me, I loved all of this. I love the way that it started from there to the belt to everything afterwards. I freaking thought that the, that it was it was entertaining. Like I didn't feel the way you did where I was checked out or tuned out. I didn't feel like that. I it just that this wasn't for me i thought that again there was just a whole lot of uh filler content here in a way where that's not something mjf has ever had to do mjf is such a purposeful speaker and i just thought that this was that rare time that it wasn't hitting for me and in terms of like let's talk about the bidding war of 2024 because i still think it's i know you said it's tired and i'm sure a bunch of people agree with you i'm okay with it like whatever right i can do without it i can do with it if he mentions it it's not make it or break it for me but i still like when he said that um that he's praying to god that the right con fats the bill and lord knows he's not talking about tony con and he says uh you know obviously he's hoping for it to be good old saint uh nick and he says you know mentions the trip the trips obviously triple h um are you sick and tired of him mentioning those other names as well, mentioning people from WWE, or do you still see it as like, oh shit? Because to me, it still garners a, re a reaction from me. Um, well, if you notice, like the crowd doesn't, get, it depends on the crowd, but a lot of the crowds aren't giving the Nick Khan line a whole lot. And I think a big reason why they don't is because like, we've heard that it. is the, not just that we've heard it. Nick Khan is a very niche name. Like that's a name that you know we know, right? Because we are but I feel on like the, the side AEW of the fan base. Knows a lot too. of a lot of them do, 
I remember sitting next to somebody in an AEW crowd. Um, I was at in the buildup to the Wardlow match, and he had mentioned Nick Khan. And somebody turned to me and goes, "Who is that?" And I was, and I had to turn to go, yeah, "Vice President of WWE." Um, and they were like, oh, "Okay, that makes sense." And I had to think about the fact that if you're even if I think even if you are um, on the lines of knowing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. You kind of have to care about the business side of things to really care about who Nick Khan is. Bro, and, uh, he was trending all over the place when all of these releases were happening and everything. Like, he was trending on Twitter. Nick yeah, Khan was because, trending. Because really, even still, I think there's a chunk of the like audience. Yeah, obviously that, there's a chunk, but I think there's a bigger portion of, like, if you get an entire arena of people, mm -hmm. right? Let's just say an arena. Okay, it doesn't matter what fucking arena. An arena. Right. I feel like at least a good 75, maybe 80%. That's my estimation of people that would know who Nick Khan is. What do you think is that percentage? I don't know. That's my estimation. In an I arena? Think. Yeah, in let's just say one, one arena. In an AEW arena, I'd say 55%. Really? Because I actually yes. think it may be a little bit more than that. I used to think so until uh, the first time I... <laughs> Uh, again, I have been at so many shows just this year and, um, you know, me, I like talking to people. I, you do. I, yes, you've, <laughs> you've been with me. I like it. And I, one of the things I do is I like almost kind of like interviewing people. I like gauging people's like you wrestling. Do. Yes, I do. You, you know that you've watched me sit and talk to people like that. You, you literally sat next to me for five hours at full gear. Um, this is a thing I do. And one of the things I've gathered in just talking to people is that, um, and it's, it's, I think it's very apparent in the numbers, right? You know, AEW does a million views, viewers a week, right? On average, um, lately it's been about 800,000. But when you think about the fact that the IWC as a whole doesn't really have more than like two to 300,000 people tops, right? Then you have to think about the fact that that's a portion of that entire audience that just doesn't know or care about these things. And, uh, so that's where I start to look at it as a... Um, I'm not saying that you have to dumb everything down for your audience. I think that AEW obviously has an audience that's very, very, very online. But I think certain things, maybe they know and just don't care. I don't think that the Nick Khan line hits. The Hunter line hits when he says, you know, my boy, the game Triple H. That's a line that gets a, oh, because people know that, you know, Hunter yeah. runs things and things along those lines. I think... I don't know. Just the bidding war 2024 stuff is kind of tired. I can't believe that. Because what? He dropped that line for the first time back in April, I want to say. And here we are in December. So now we're talking about literally eight months of this stuff. Are we going to keep this going for another year or so? Well, it's so, it it's ain't tired. 2024 until a whole other year and a I month. I know. I'm... <laughs> so what? Maybe I'm... he'll mention it once a week. I mean, not once a week. Me. I was going to say once, once a week. Once a month. I would say him once a week. Once a month. <laughs> Okay, let's get into these super chats here. Uh, Jamin John says, do you like Quentin Tarantino movies? Uh, I don't know which movies. I'm pretty sure I've seen some of them. I just don't know what their names are. I mean, yes, uh, in the sense that, sure. I mean, I, I love um, the Reservoir Dogs is an all-time favorite of mine. I also, um, Pulp Fiction uh, is, is also phenomenal. Jackie Brown is very good. Uh, but also some of the more recent stuff. Of course, I say recent, but it makes me feel old to say that because Inglorious Bastards was 2009, I think. Um, but, uh, and then Django, like, yes, yes. Uh, Wait, was, no, Django wasn't, oh, no, I'm confusing Django, which which is the one that, no, 
Johnny Depp, did he do Rango or Django? What did he do? Um, I mean, he did. There was a uh, movie that he did. Rango? Either way, yeah. Well, the Johnny way that... Depp movie, I think it's called Rango. I fell asleep in that movie. Yeah, either way. Uh, and then also <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is still one oh, of yeah, the best watches I've had. Oh, yeah. Well, then it, either way, Quentin Tarantino movies are... Okay, um, so thumbs up for yes. Will. Yes, thumbs up. Mr. CJ Lilly sends in a super chat saying, hey, guys, had to do one. Finally, we got to we got start. Hey, guys, had to do one. Finally, we got start of a story for Alexa with with without Bray. Hope it's a slow burn like in the PC era before she was drafted to Raw. I really like she was wearing the same outfit as before with Bray and Nikki. Thoughts on this, Will? Uh, God, I don't want to see her with Bray again um, unless they do something different than last time. But it seems like that's where they're headed. Uh, with the Bray symbol continuing to show up behind her in her entrances and in promos and stuff like that. I don't know where they're heading with this, uh, but at least it's something for Alexa. Thank you so much to Mr. CJ Lilly for sending uh, this super chat in. Much appreciated. Um, okay, let me just catch up with everything here, guys. Once again, if you want to get your question, your hot take, opinion uh, sent in right on the stream here, you're more than welcome to send in a super chat. We got Snap Grapple Pop who sends in one saying, Biddy War... Bidding war worked when WWE was at a bad place for MJF to go with Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Gone. Now it's now a reasonable decision. And playing AEW off of WWE makes AEW look bad. Um, thoughts on this, Will? You seem, you seem I agree to agree. With, I agree with that. Um, it's also the reason why I feel like the JAS stick is kind of tired because, like, you're doing sports entertainers. Meanwhile, WWE's not even doing that anymore. Like, they've let their guys say wrestlers and all that stuff. So, like, what are you even making fun of anymore? Uh, no, I, I also feel that exact same way. I think that none of it is making, like, especially in a time where if Regal just did exactly that. Regal left, went back to WWE. You had Cody who went back to WWE. If you continue to play this up with MJF, you are going to make AEW look like a place, like not the place to go. And I think it's a mistake to continue doing it. Especially with um, everything going surrounding uh, just a bunch of stuff, you know, Cody Rhodes leaving, uh, the elite CM Punk, the possibility of people saying there's a chance CM Punk could be in WWE, whether or not you believe that. Um, just a bunch of other little outsider things, even the whole thing with, with Andrade and Sammy, the whole thing of him possibly wanting to go back to WWE. You know, we've talked. I talked about this when it was primarily everyone going from WWE to AEW. We talked about how that makes the perception of WWE look really bad. And now it's like, God, all of a sudden, a little bit of the tables are kind of turning a tad, right? You don't want to yeah. see that, clearly. I don't want to see that. You don't want to see it. I want to see both places, you know, be I mean, tables turning back and forth is fine. Uh, I think momentum's always going to shift right. if, if wrestling's a seesaw. Um, like, I... I I, I don't necessarily mind that aspect, but I think it's a mistake to play it up. I think it's a mistake to have one character talk about going one place if there are people actually doing it. I think that's a mistake. Right. Thank you so much to Snap Grapple Pop, who's been making a lot of good points today on the show. Um, alrighty, so is that it? Did we do our best and worst? Did I do my best already? Yes, I you did. did. Yep, oh my god, that was a whole thing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um that sorry was... I had to do that to you, by the way, Denise. No, you threw I, that... me off. <laughs> that, and then the only reason like, I... wait, is something missing? <laughs> no, and, and the only reason I, I did that was because I didn't want <laughs> to step on that segment before you talked it up. I appreciate um, you. Only so... you would think of that. I wouldn't have. If it was the tables were turned, I would have stepped all over you <laughs> i mean i don't care what will has to say this is my opinion 
Um, okay, uh, we got a couple of announcements to make before we uh, log off really quickly. So um, I've been mentioning on my past shows that in the next couple of days, I am going to be making some announcements, one of which is going to impact uh, this episode of next week of after the week, we will be live next week after the week, we will be live. However, we will be on at a special start time. Uh, we will be going on two hours later than we normally do. And so we'll be going live at 12pm Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so instead of 10am, we'll be live at 12pm uh, Pacific Standard Time. So just just a quick update. That's it. We will be here next week. It'll just be at a two hours later uh, due to an announcement that will be made uh, in the next couple of days. Um, <laughs> what could that be? I don't even I don't know, know either. I don't know. I don't know. Also, please, guys, if you haven't already, make sure you guys subscribe to this channel. Uh, we are officially surpassed 80,000 subscribers. And according to YouTube analytics, there's a good chance that I can get to 85 in one month instead of seventh month, seven months, which is huge. Um, so please continue to support this channel. It really means a whole lot um, to, to me and to everybody that comes on to this channel. Will, please let the people know where they can watch you. You can always watch me, one right here after the week. Um, it's kind of weird that the last few weeks we have not been on at our normal time. This week we we're on at our normal it's time. And then next week, yeah, and next week we're back at uh, a different time. No, nah, two weeks ago was more my fault because of when my flight landed. But either way... Uh, just uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with the show and continuing to follow us whatever time we're on whatever day we're on you're going to get more after the week content and so we always appreciate that you can find me william rbr on all social media platforms uh outside of that do we have anything else um no that's actually it so thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week yep catch us next week again noon pacific